Welcome to a tale of two rivals. One nerd, one champ, and a special plus one who fiercely bantered to bring you the best possible football podcast there is. Who am I joined by? Joined by FF underscore Spaceman Dave Wright. Todd, we're the holiday season. The fantasy gods are giving. The fantasy gods are taking away. This is the way she rolls, baby. This is the way the cookie crumbles. How are we doing? Oh, I'm jingling, baby. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah, even though it's over. Good stuff. We Anybody else here? Anyone who's joining us tonight? Yeah, you got FF underscore walrus, Sean Kennedy, coming back at you. Did a quick little IR stint, had a little medical procedure, but back in the throes of it tonight. And feeling as though the fantasy giveth to me and taketh away from Dave this weekend. So that is phenomenal. I'm excited to be back here with you guys. Wait a minute. What are you even talking about? To cue everybody else in, thank you, a big thank you, to Mr. Juju Smith-Schuster for landing Dave. How many points was it? Monday Night Football? Dave? Dave, how many points did Juju have? David? Less than one. Yes. So Dave rolled into our matchup looking like he was going to polish me off, end it, carry on to the championship against Todd. He needed Juju to score nine points, which in our league with an extra bonus point for first downs for receivers seemed like it should have been done by about halftime. It looked like a lock. Oh, yeah. I did not think it was a lock, by the way. What did I, Sean? No, Dave was actually getting mad at me for saying that I felt like it was a lock. All day, he was telling me to cut the and stop with the reverse mind games, voodoo, juju nonsense. <laughs> but I'll, I'll sit here and say it worked. I was actually not telling Dave it was a lock. I was doing the app opposite, starting polls about how bad juju was going to fall on his face. Totally trolling him, and then it actually happened. It actually happened. It was incredible. It was the exact bookend I needed because I opened the matchup with panic-sitting Justin Herbert, and all he did was go off for all the points. In actual reality world, what's up with him dancing on the logos this many weeks in a row? In actual reality world, I don't want to talk about that anymore because it's just rubbing salt in the wound that much more. I'm telling you, every time I open my app, they're talking about that and how it ruined, like, the like it really hurt the team. I was like, ah, no, it really hurt my fantasy team. That, that's the only analysis we need. Get it out of here. <laughs> Dave, I just want to emotionally check in with you. How are you? You okay? I'm really upset. I'm really upset about losing Sean. I'm glad be. we didn't. I'm glad we did not podcast last night, like Todd possibly hinted at maybe doing, because I needed an extra day to just uh, fortify my heart, just just uh, lock it in a little bit more, because uh, I was I was ready for all the jabs and the insults that were coming my way tonight. And uh, I, the only thing that's getting me through this, Todd, is that I'm in the finals against you in our longest running league, 2K. That's the only thing that I've got keeping me going. I'm going to win for that league for the third time. and So tune uh, in next week for Dave's emotional devastation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I just want to point out, Sean, preseason, I believe we routinely said that we would be facing each other in the championship. Did we not? We did. I, I mean, I think we, we all knew it was heading there, right? Dave was pretty boisterous about that not being a lock and who's in the championship sean i i think i'd have to double check just to feel 100 percent confident about it but i'm 99.9 percent .9 confident that it's not dave which means it must be you and i yeah okay so it's me and sean again so we're the best teams in this league you know you know where he must have got confused is that we were saying it will be todd and sean Oh. And he must have been thinking about it backwards, and he couldn't rectify right. the different names and the different positions. Right. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Is that what it was, Dave? Were you just getting confused about the names? It's, it's all that salt air by the ocean. It's In just, attempt it's to lash out, I will say I was right that there was only really three teams that mattered because Sad's team didn't do anything. So there you go, Sad. So this is where... You know, we've all gotten acquainted. Um, Dave, once again, came up short in our Dynasty League, and he will be beaten down by me in our in our 2K League. Oh, also, how did uh, IDP go for you, buddy, this week for the playoffs? I have nothing. No comment. No comment. Oh, I beat you in that, too. That's right. So Dave does not make the title for that. Looks like the belt might stay in my home or taking a one-hour trip up to Sads. Sads. Sads the guy who I'm playing in that. Todd was crying himself to sleep on Thursday, though. 
<laughs> he was all like, oh, looks like the belt's not coming to my place. And then I was like, oh, God, cut that crap out, Todd. <laughs> well, I was very upset about starting somebody who was not playing. So anyways, uh, how are you guys doing on uh, playoffs? I'm actually in five title games. I, I'm in the finals for the 30-team league. Uh, J-Pow and I co-manage. We're, we're in the championship for that. IDP only. Uh, a Debbie startup, the pro side. I'm in the finals. Obviously, 2K and Tail 2 Rivals one. So five title games out of 12 leagues. I'm pretty excited about that. So I only, I only had two leagues this year. I really pared it down. Uh, but one of them is against you and Tail 2 Rivals there listener go. league. There you go. Hey, hey. And the other one is... Another dynasty league, which I have already won. We're a ten team, so it wrapped up last week. Got championship it. secured. Got to make that a two week championship. That's not a bad idea. So two leagues, you're in both, but both titles. That's pretty good, man. That's 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 fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Dave, what about you? Just just two K? Uh, no, I made so I made the semifinals in all but one of my leagues, I believe. Uh, nice. I made it to the conference finals in Scott Fishbowl. I was eliminated this week. Uh, a lot of injuries came my way this week, so I was eliminated. It was a lot of fun advancing to the top, I think, 150 people in Scott Fishbowl out of 1440. So that was a lot of fun. A lot of great people. A lot of great teams are doing well. Uh, buddies uh, Shane Swagger uh, from Rookie Fever and Super Flexible, he is advanced, so that's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, so Scott Fishbowl was a lot of fun. And then I made. I just got beat by Jake the Snake. In a analyst league, uh, just he beat me. That was rough. So, but then it's two uh, K's finals. And I'm also in the finals in the off the rails dynasty league. I beat uh, dynasty madman to advance. Nice, nice. Taking uh, tr- had some some name drops in there, David. I'm name dropping because it just makes me. It's just heals the wounds that losing to Sean last week. It really did bother me. I will say, Todd, I did check to see if DeAndre Swift versus. Dalvin Cook would have mattered, and I still would have lost if I had Dalvin <laughs> Cook. So that made it a little bit easier. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> I did too. I checked, and I was like, oh, it didn't make a difference. Anyways, Kennedy, you want to do a question of the day, buddy? Yeah, we'll jump right into this one quickly. So today is Festivus, a Festivus for the rest of us. And in the honor of the late, great Jerry Stiller, RIP, we wanted today to air our grievances as they are directed at the NFL. So each of us has prepared. One player, a coach, an NFL executive, maybe Roger Goodell, somebody to really just take to task and let them know how they've disappointed us over this past year. Dave, you want to kick us off? Yeah, I'll kick us off. I'll stay on topic here. Mine's to the entire offensive scheme in Pittsburgh. I'm not going to narrow it down to one player. They have misused Juju Smith-Schuster all year long, having him run short little crossers and out in the flat, just it, he's been disgustingly misused at a low A dot. If you go back and you look at his routes that he ran two years ago in his big season, he was down the getting targeted down the field, making tons of big plays. And for some reason, because Deontay Johnson, Mr. Drop himself, I don't understand the, the fascination with continuously targeting him and then having Chase Claypool also soak up those targets. Juju should be being used correctly. Luckily, Juju will be on a new team next year, and I'm just happy to finally move on from this Pittsburgh situation because Juju has done well given his role, but he should be doing so much better. He's such a better player than what they're giving. So that's my grievance. All right. Love it. Todd, what about you? I got a lot of problem with you people, and I'm going to start with the New England Patriots. Stop this joke. It's over. We had a great two-decade run. Start the freaking rebuild. The season with Cam was an absolute joke. The receivers are out, out there. Absolutely just dreadful. And my question is, Bill, are you willing to do a rebuild? Are you willing to buy in, man? You can ride off into the sunset. We'll have all the respect for you in the world. You can just retire. But please, for the love of God, just let go of the idea of hovering around 500, just making the playoffs. Cam, you suck. Please leave. Nikhil Harry, you suck. Be better. We were spoiled for two decades. It's time to rebuild. This is one of the deepest QB wide receiver drafts you're going to see ever. Don't get freaking cute and just take care of the freaking needs at the skill positions and stop jerking me around like every year you do in the NFL draft. I'm done. But we all know, sitting here as New England fans, that they're going to take a gadget outside linebacker. 
to play for 30% of the snaps. No, the they're going to trade out of the first, and then they're going to go pick some guard we never heard of out of a small <laughs> school. I have a couple of things, Todd. I do not think Nikhil Harry stinks. I just don't think he's being properly utilized. There was times this season where he was good. He had that. He's injured. I, oh, I do God. not think Nikhil Harry stinks. Yeah, okay, great. He did. He was doing very well early in the season when Cam Newton was doing well. But since then, th- this offense has been a joke. It's been an absolute it's been joke. terrible. Well, to split the difference, though, Dave. Even if he's fine next year, they need other pieces, right? Like, like, how long are you waiting on this, Dave? Like, I'm sorry. Like, the thing is, like, he needs to, like, good players make things happen. It's tough to make things happen when you have Cam Newton at quarterback and you have Josh McDaniels running this this weird shell of an offense where they only throw, like, 12 times. Fair enough. But at the same time, like, whatever. I, I'm beyond frustrated with this. Kennedy. Green. All right. So my grievance, you guys went broad. I really dug down and narrowed in. And mine is with Mecole Hardman. Wide receiver, Kansas City Chiefs. This could be Where good. are you? Like, what is happening? He had a beautiful catch last week. He had the toe tap drag in the back of the end zone, and it was filthy. That should have been his whole season. And instead, he's playing this Houdini. I'm here for one second and gone for five disappearing act. And in a, a year when the Chiefs didn't even want Sammy Watkins, he basically had to pay them to bring him back. And he missed, I think, four games, five games. Hardman should have been there. He's a second round pick. They've invested the capital. He was somebody who, if you have him in a dynasty league, you probably paid a first round ticket to get him two years ago, or you paid up to get him going into this year when expectations were super high. And has he come through for either situation? Not even close. And he should. He's had opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. And what can he do? A couple weeks ago, he gets nine targets. He comes down with three of them for like 30 yards. He's had four games this year with over five targets. Very minimal production on those. He's had four TDs on the year. He's had like 500 receiving yards. He doesn't really seem to be going deep at all. It's just baffling, and it's frustrating, and I hate it. He burned me so much this year in games where I was starting and figuring, this will be it. This will be the breakout, and no. It just wasn't. And what am I going to do? I'm going to load back up, and I'm going to keep him for next year probably and be an idiot and still buy back in, but... Because he's just giving you just enough to want to do it. He dude. is. Or like now yeah. he's so low that I feel like I'm not going to be able to get the value I want yeah. back in a trade. I, huh. I, I have him in two places. I invested. He was like a guy that. So like in the preseason, he was a guy that people were high on, but you could get him as a throw in and a bigger deal. Like, are you really not going to make this deal happen? Because a Hardman kind of a play. You know what I mean? Mm. So like I was able to pull that off. And um, yeah, it's been disappointing, man. So that was a good one. I really tried to dig deep on like picking a player but every player i thought about was because of injuries and i just couldn't (laughs) i'm like i'm like i'm not gonna go get on julio for making me look bad so i'm like you got hurt dude it finally happened yeah or like you can't tee up james connor right or like kenny galladay has been maddening but i more blame the lines for that and well i feel like he's just sitting out now at this point he's waiting for the contract which i i I, I, I can't blame him like why wasn't this guy on ir like at the very least can i have my roster spot back that's it. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> I will say, Todd, there was one analyst on here who might have poo-pooed the Hardman love in the offseason. And I got a little little, little uh, feedback from you guys, a little blowback from you guys. Well, that's fine, man. You're also not in the finals. Yeah. Oh, like that, that trumps everything. Yes, it really does. Nah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like what trumps everything is that you were also propping up Juju a that's lot. True. <laughs> that's true. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, I mean, what can I say? What can I say? <laughs> I love it. All right, you guys want to get into the topic? Yeah, so picking it up off of the two rivals taking a last time out, they did round one of a rookie redraft. We tonight are going to tackle round two. And just for a refresher, their breakdown was Justin Herbert at 101, DeAndre Swift at 102, two at 13, 14 was Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb at 105. Jonathan Taylor at 106, 107, James Robinson, 108, J.K. Dobbins, 109, T. Higgins, 110, Burrow, 111, CEH, and 112, Jerry Judy. I ha- Before we get into tonight, I really just have to apologize for bungling the end of round one with Jerry Judy. Uh, Todd? You, f- you, you justified that hard, too. You're like, he's hitting all the marks. He was hitting. He is hitting all the marks. The only problem is, and I wasn't going to admit this on air, but Todd was in my head. With this, oh, I know who you're going to pick. I know who you're going to pick. I know who you're going to pick. Living rent-free, like normal. And I panicked. <laughs> and uh, I apologize. I will be better. 
the sad thing is, is there's I think there's like six players I might take over Jerry Judy in this in this second round. So I yeah. feel like we all have the first player teed up, probably. Hey, just out, just real quick before we get into it, Dave. I just want to ask about our championship matchup. Um, are you really that confident in Corey Davis? Are you really gonna play him? I'm playing Corey Davis. You are? I'm playing Corey Davis. Bad move, dude. All right, man. All right. Anyways, <laughs> we can get back into it. <laughs> all right. So our draft <laughs> order tonight will be Todd. Dave, and then myself. So, yep. Todd, round two, pick one. Who you got? Antonio Gibson. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I'm not really sure he sustains. I mean, he's one of the best RPs in fantasy this year. Uh, the rushing's a lot higher than anyone expected. I mean, everyone expected him to be a receiving back, but, you know, to a certain degree, the, the thing about Gibson that makes me hard to, like, really buy in on him beyond this year, well, just sustaining you're chasing touchdowns man that's what it is you're chasing touchdowns with gibson but at the 201 where what his production's been this year he should have been gone by now so i'd be stoked to have antonio gibson coming out in the first pick of the second round yeah it's a great pick 11 touchdowns on the ground 700 yards yeah a couple yeah. hundred yards receiving. He looked, and his usage was going up. This turf toe injury that he's dealing with right now yeah. sucks because I'm sure it cost some people some stuff in their fantasy playoffs. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say he didn't have prediction like with yardage or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, you know, the reason why he's ranked so high is the 11 TDs. And, you know, they're probably going to continue to give him that work next year. But the idea of chasing TDs is difficult. But in a rookie redraft, first pick in the second round, no brainer. But I definitely would take him over Jerry Judy, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, as would I. As would I. You and, didn't, though. Uh, I, Todd, <laughs> I've already made a public statement. You can refer to my public yeah. statement. That's fair. Right. I, I will say, Todd, you nail it right on the head with his TD regression, or like his TD, his t- high TD rate. He's scoring a TD every 54 rush yards. The league average is like every 120 yards. And it, it, it's just, that is maddening. Or not maddening, but it's just amazing that he's been able to, to score that many TDs. A lot of them came against poor defenses. The positive thing that you didn't mention about Gibson either is that defense is so stacked. They have the ability to invest on offense, I feel like. They can improve that offensive line. Yep. I think it's a prime. It's one of the premier landing spots for a QB, in my opinion, this offseason. I think it's a, I don't think a lot of people maybe might not be talking about it, but if they can land a QB, that could be huge for that team and a top wide receiver destination, too, to accompany Terry McLaurin. Yeah. You and me were talking last a couple of weeks ago about the, about the Redskins, right? And I was talking about how they're going to have a top pick, and you're like, they're not going to have a top pick. And I was like, oh, right, they're not. I'm just so used to saying that. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was like them having swell. Like they, if they're going to, I would imagine they had a lineman. That's going to be a great pick for them. All right, Dave, redemption time from Jerry Judy. Round two, pick two. Who you got? So I actually flip flop back and forth between Antonio Gibson and this player. Uh, I think I'm still sticking with Cam Akers over Antonio Gibson, which is I. Th- I think I'm going to get some slack for that. I just I believe in my pre my pre draft process, and we've seen it the last three games with Cam Akers. I know he got hurt, high ankle sprain, but since in those three games, since taking over 78.6 opportunity share, 15 fancy points per game, and I think we saw that talent that that coming into the league in those three games, um, and he's still been untapped to his receiving upside. His his true talent is his receiving ability, and it's been untapped. I, I'm excited to see what he does going forward. I know he won't play in the fantasy championship, but I, I really like Cam Akers. Yeah, tough to see him get injured the way he's been securing that backfield for the last two or three weeks. This could have been a real strong showing at the end of the year for him. Now for next year, do you think he steps into a full lead back role? If he got the the role these three games as you know the most important part of their season for the Rams, I don't understand why he wouldn't at least have at least a bigger role than he did the first nine, ten games. Yeah, absolutely. Malcolm Brown's contract will be up. Daryl Henderson still will be around. He'll have one more year, I believe. Um, but I, I totally agree. I think Akers is locked in. You know, I think this is an offense that's been weirdly up and down this year, and they're going to look for a lot of consistency to really get back to form. If their defense shows up next year like it has this year, if they have a solid running game. They're going to be they're going to be real good. All right, now that we've justified why Akers is a good pick, I'm just going to call out Dave's stubbornness on this one. I'm sorry. Akers still over Gibson. And then there's a guy who's just been an absolute beast that Dave refuses to pick because he wasn't good in college. Dave just likes to be stubborn about his pre-draft stuff, just like his takes with Corey Davis. I mean, I think Corey Davis is paying off. So what is he, the wide receiver eight right now? 
I don't think he's going to pay. No, he's 15. that high. I yeah. that might be. You know, I mean, up that high, but no. Um, and Dave Trees, as he is, but <laughs> I, I, he's, he's not going to pay off in week sixteen, Dave. Do you guys want to make a bet? No, no, that's good. I'm just, I'm just trying to give him some friendly advice. That's all. All right, all right, all right. So for my pick, round two, pick three, I'm going to go with Chase Claypool. Seven hundred yards receiving, eight touchdowns so far. He's getting a lot of manufactured targets. He's the first read. On a lot of plays, you know, that game on Monday night, they couldn't get anything going. I watched every second of it. I hope Dave did too, and he cried at home into a big bowl of Ben and Jerry's. But there was one of their first plays that really had them popping off that got them clicking out of halftime was a Claypool screen on the outside that he took for like 30 yards. And that's not that meaningful in that game overall, but it just shows their willingness after drops Johnson, can't keep things in check, and Juju gets blown up and loses the fumble. This is a guy next year, he could arguably be their number one because Juju will be gone. They'll be him. They'll be Johnson. Who knows what's going to happen at tight end? He could be their best option. So for me, you know, I would take those two running backs that you guys did over Claypool, but Claypool is the third pick here. Easy for me. Yeah. Between me, it wasn't, it was between Gibson and Claypool for that pick with Gibson. I think just when it's so close, I'm going to go with the back. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you can't ignore, like you said, exactly right. I mean, the Steelers wide receiver core drives me insane because you don't really know who the wide one could be any week or next year. But Chase Claypool just has much of a chance as anybody else to be that guy. And he has been like the featured guy on multiple occasions. So that's a phenomenal pick at 203, dude. Yeah, the only thing better than him at 203 is round three where he was probably going into this year. Right. I actually, so Jeff Steimer in our league picked him and I relentlessly made fun of him about it when we were in trade negotiations and I'm eating some crow on that one. So, oh, also <laughs> he also drafted Gibson. And I hated Gibson too. And I publicly in our group chat said that how right he was and how wrong I was. So congratulations, Jeff. <laughs> wow, Todd. That's a, that was a big piece of humble pie, Todd. Those are rare for you. No, man, I admit when I'm wrong, it just doesn't happen very often. Oh, there he goes. There, there I'm <laughs> There's that second helping. I will say about Claypool, I'm worried about the QB of the future for that team. I'm worried that, like, Big Ben has, you're seeing it, and he actually talked about maybe wanting to play next year, too. That makes me worried for Claypool's future. I also think we're seeing how propped up he is by how often Pittsburgh is throwing right now. They are throwing at such a high rate. I and his his percentage of the actual pie is low. It's just the volume in Pittsburgh is raising everyone up, which is fine, which is fine. I'm just it's a it's a worry that we need that it is a red flag that you see in some prospects. And also what we're saying, his TD rate is insane. He hasn't scored in what four weeks, and he's still due for some TD, reg- TD regression based on his yardage. I, I and Todd can, can can make fun of me all my want for holding on to my things. I still, I would be trading away Claypool if he's looked at as like the wide receiver three in this class still. I'm trading him away. I, I wouldn't take him until the 207 in this draft. Yeah, that's stubborn. That's absolutely stubborn. That's Hasn't finished did. better than wide receiver 33 in the last four games. Whatever, man. You can't ignore the production over the year, but that's fine. But in three of those four games, Pittsburgh as a whole has just been deflated. <laughs> right? They're, they're a shell of themselves, <laughs> right? Point. Based on how bad their QB plays. Uh, All right. Todd, back on the clock. Round two, pick four. Who you got? All right. So this was a tough one for me. It was between two guys. I'm not going to say who the other guy is, though he won't make it back to me. I will say that. Um, I'm going to go with the guy who's getting volume, and it's Brandon Ayuk. For me, this is another guy who I wasn't super high on, but, you know, in the realm of possibilities, I thought he was a good flyer, like mid, late second round. I mean, here at, you know, two, uh, 204. I mean, you're looking at a guy that's probably averaged, doing some quick math in my head, around like 12, 13 targets across the last five weeks, dude. Putting up huge numbers. You know, he's a phenomenal athlete. I think what makes me not love this pick is I don't really like investing in that passing offense, but you can't ignore the volume, the work, and the production at this point. So there's upside there. There's proven production. He's a great athlete. They might get a better quarterback, too, which is just going to help him. You know, so, yeah, I like IU here and it wasn't an easy decision, but that's the decision I'm going with. He's definitely come on strong in the last few weeks, uh, but any concerns looking at next year that and like you said, pretty high percentage chance. It's seeming like the deeper we get into the season that they'll have a new quarterback for next year. 
Oh, for sure, but dude. For but... Debo being the number one. And Debo's missed. He left last week almost or two weeks ago almost immediately with an injury. He missed the first three weeks. He missed a couple yep. of games in the yep. middle. But when Debo was back, he's still getting at least nine targets a game. You like, guys still think Debo's the number one? No, no I'm asking just any I'm concern that he might be next year, assuming um, they're both healthy. No, I mean, if Debo is the number one, I, I still think Ayuk is the wide receiver two here at this spot is fine. But my point being is when Debo was even healthy, Ayuk's still getting a crap load of targets. I mean, you're looking at 10, 14, 9, 16, 13. That's the last, like, like, yeah, that's like his last five games. That's insane. So, and Debo was playing in at least three of those. I can't remember when Debo was back for his then. Uh, yeah, at least three of them. So, he's still getting work, dude. So, at this point, it's worth the risk. It doesn't, it's not a pick that I'm super confident in that offense. And if he lost out as the official one to Debo, I really feel like their target share would not be drastically different, honestly. All right. I actually love that pick, Todd. So you want to say that I don't, you say I don't change my thing. I have got to come a complete 180 on Ayuk. Now I said, I did always caveat my thing saying that I could be wrong here because of the draft capital. He had one good year and one bad year as a Juco or as a Juco prospect. And he had the, he did, he showed off. He showed off his athleticism, like Todd said. He's been amazing. He's he's having the fifth best wide receiver year from a points per fantasy points per game perspective since 2000. We're talking about he's a hair below. He's a hair below uh, Odell Beckham and Anquad Bolden as far as rookie year production. He's and then then also Justin Jefferson's actually having a little bit better than him, but he's ahead of what Mike Evans is a rookie. We're seeing something. His rookie season is putting him up there. He's been amazing. Eight point, what is he getting? Eight targets a game? It's it's been beautiful. So Todd, I really like I actually think I want to put Ayuk up as my wide receiver, maybe possibly my wide receiver three in this class. That's fair. Dave, this is uh That's high, Dave. This is this is this is growth for you. Growth mindset. I'm proud of you. Yeah, that's why I, I took such offense to the the Claypool comment. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I mean your your history with Corey Davis and why you possibly think the starting in week sixteen is so good, it's just Kind of helps my argument, dude. He's gonna flop. Yeah, Todd. Todd, you know that. Luckily, I have other players that could carry carry the workload if he doesn't. If he doesn't come through. Yeah, that sounds like a guy who's not gonna win a championship. All right. All right. Sorry, man. I digress. Round two. Pick five. Who you got? So I'm going with. So I think this is the other player Todd was thinking about. Uh, that it feels a little weird taking. I I don't know. It it was just a weird pick because he kind of just jumped up the last couple weeks. But it's Jalen Hurts. I I uh, think the fancy community might be getting out ahead of on Hurts a little bit. There are some really gung ho trades going on with Jalen Hurts right now, uh, where he's being ranked as far as QBs are concerned. I might tap the brakes on a little bit just because he's they're comparing him when you're comparing him to what Carson Wentz has been this season. He looks like John Elway. So I think we need to just because you're doing better than what Carson Wentz has done this season doesn't make you like the greatest thing since sliced bread. Now he does have that rushing upside that we all love. And I just would would like to see a bit more accuracy from him going forward, but he's doing it in a bad a bad situation. So you got to give him props for that. And the QB position as a whole, I think there's a huge flux right now that we've been used to some relative stability at QB for years now. But there's a real flux going on. So I think that's what makes Jalen Hurts so intriguing. I, I'll take him here. Yeah, love this pick here. That was actually going to be my next pick at two oh six. So hats off to you for getting it. I think you can't look off what he did last weekend. No, you can't. And you know. I'd say it's entirely possible. I haven't seen any. I haven't been on Twitter in a long time, um, which I'm sure comes as no surprise to either of you. But Nope, not whatsoever. <laughs> I'm sure that people are going off and probably taking it a little too far and overpaying. But, you know, from what you're seeing, and part of, like, my concern, I remember just watching him in college, was it just seemed like turnovers, like a lot of careless mistakes. And it seems like he's locked a little bit of that down. And one thing I saw today, which just having seen, you know, highlights and red zone over the last two, three weeks with him, that I think rings true is Brian Westbrook was interviewing with somebody today and came out and said that just watching the games, you can see that Hertz is bringing a different level and that people are buying in, in a way that they had totally checked out with Wentz. A current in the locker room in Philadelphia, we've always heard it, like a little rumors about how people don't like Wentz as a, like a leader. Yeah. That's been a thing for years now. Yeah. And I, this might be the final straw, right? He had, he gets hurt. Nick Foles leads his team to a championship. What happens? He comes back the next year. He's not great. And then he gets hurt again and breaks his back. And now they bring somebody in to kind of push him a little bit, give him some insurance. And what happens? He totally falls flat. 
And I mean, short of the 2018 year, right, when he was having that MVP caliber run and then yep. he blew out his knee in that Rams yep. game, what's he done? That's the thing is that like Wentz has always been a guy based off of potential in like that one season and like he had some flashes before that. But yeah, man, I mean, the only thing like I've been actually meaning to do this, I haven't done it yet, is diving into Wentz's contract. Like they're kind of stuck. Oh, it's like, really stuck. Yeah, like, you like, have like, to eat like fifty-two million dollars yeah, in dead cap if like, they were to try and they're, cut him. They're not going to trade him. Like nobody's taking that. They're going to have to cut him. They're like sixty million dollars over the cap next year. In yeah. So I kind of feel like you have to try Wentz out. I think you do. Like I think you got to continue to go that route and maybe trade Hurt to help you out in other places because. Go find another quarterback later. I don't know. I I, I, I think, think if they traded Hurts, people would riot. They would riot. throw batteries at that stadium until it collapsed. Yeah, but it wouldn't be the first time. The only problem is they don't have a jail below this one. Otherwise, they'd be fine. <laughs> what, what's funny is they were like rioting when they took John Hurts. Now they're gonna riot when they're trading him away. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Dude. So I mean, I mean, they're, they're, they're not gonna ride the freaking wave in Philly. It's all. But yeah, I, that's that's my only thing about it is is that like I, I yeah I do think it's time for a change with Wentz, but they're stuck. They have to play him. They have to. That offensive line should be better next year. They they did it. They withstood some serious injuries. <laughs> yeah, that offensive line should be better. Next year. Actually, have one that's healthy. It was insane, dude. It's the best line in football when it's healthy. That's like literally it was P, uh, PFS like top rank line before everybody got hurt. It's crazy. Two quick things about Wentz. I don't think he's actually. I don't think he's a terrible QB anymore. I think he's just been broke. He's like his confidence is shook. Yeah, he, he's mental, totally mental. I think he can get right. I think, and I think we. I think I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I just cannot believe that I'm. And then my second point is, I cannot believe I'm here uh, at the end of 2020 saying that Josh Allen's a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. I cannot believe it. That's amazing, dude. I but I also think that I don't think Wentz can get right. I don't. I I, I think that you he, he's done. He, he I just, what's going to make him get right is some sitting behind somebody, getting himself away from the pressure, kind of restarting his career in a sense, like kind of like fading out, and then maybe get another chance. I I think he just needs some time away and a reset button. Otherwise, I don't see him bouncing back. Yeah, I'm with Todd on that because I feel like. The thing that's going to give him that opportunity to get right a new situation, everything is either being traded away or being cut and cut seems unlikely because of the the money hit. But either scenario, that's your team that drafted you that wanted you to be the future saying, guess what, dude, we don't care about you anymore. See ya. And I think that takes a lot to come back from. So it's going to require some like sitting behind somebody. And I can't really think. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe he could have this like Tannehill-esque kind of career where, he can, you know, he has these expectations and he's he's pretty good in the beginning and then, you know, has this real kind of valley crater to his game and then comes back. I mean, Tannehill's been awesome since he went to Tennessee. And a lot of that has to do with the succubus, whose name we shall not speak. But, you know, maybe once needs something similar. Maybe he Frank needs... Reich maybe could re- re- like rejuvenate him. Yeah, maybe. But I, like Todd said, I think it's he's impossible to move. But yeah. Hey, can we just say that the succubus can't even suck? That's amazing. Oh my God. The succubus oh my God. can't even perfect sucking. It's great. It's great. I'm so excited that Trevor is going to be in Jacksonville, dude. Like, it oh, just makes me want to go get DJ Chark all over the place after he's fallen flat this year. Chenault, I, baby. Oh, honestly, yeah. like, you I mean, you got, you got DJ Chark, you got Chenault. Uh, who's the other guy I was thinking of? Um, Cole's he, there. Cole, not, Cole. Chris Cole. Conley. Johnson. Colin Johnson's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Colin I mean, Johnson yeah, Col- really Colin good Johnson, And then, like, oh, James Robinson, dude. You know what I mean? Like, like they got oh some God. really good bones, dude. Really good bones. Imagine dude. him not facing eight men in the box on every play. Right, dude. I mean, they got some really good bones and, like, grow that line that has been not awful, but... No, it's been decent. Great. Yeah. Once they get Lawrence, man, like, it, it's... Man, that that's a huge piece. It's it, that's fun, man. That's fun. All right, Kennedy, two oh six, man. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm gonna take Jalen Rager, who I loved coming into this year, and it has not worked out so far. But as we talked about with Jalen Hurts, this seems like it's a whole new potential for Philly, and he's upped. He had eight targets last week, five receptions, forty nine yards. That's the most targets he's seen in the game. It's the most receptions he's seen in a game. And it is almost the most yardage he's seen in a game. 
this whole year. And I think this is a kid that they drafted to be their one. Alshon Jeffrey is gone after this. And who they got? They're not going to go out and spend big. I bet they've, they've got a lot of other things that they need to figure out. That defense in its entirety needs to be solved. And I think Jalen Rager next year can be fantastic. He's made some impressive catches since he's been healthy, since he's been back. You know, he missed a couple of games early on. That hurts. There's no preseason. That's a killer. And, you know, you're talking about rookie wide receivers. They don't hit in the beginning of the year anyway. So you're seeing him come on now towards the end. Yes, he's a little bit behind, but so is everybody else. And I feel like once you add in the injury, I think it was a hamstring that he had, you add in the abysmal quarterback play of Carson Wentz, and now you see what they're doing now that they turn it over to Jalen Hurts. And I think when you're in the mid-second round to get this kind of talent, you can't go wrong. I love the pick, man. That was the other guy. It was not Hurt with Ayuk. It was Rager. Mm. That was my other guy. I actually see where Philly's picking. A wide receiver makes a lot of sense. And I see Rager possibly paired with maybe Jalen Waddell or Devontae Smith, which I don't think hurts Rager. I think... Yeah, that just opens him up. He, Yeah, I'd, I would take him ahead of Judy still. I was another one I messed up on. Uh, I just can't escape how horrible that 112 pick was last episode. And uh, yeah, Ray, and Rager's hit the important, like, yeah, he, it's been a dumpster fire in Philadelphia, but he's still hitting an important threshold. He's at 15% target share, essentially, and 23% of the market, sh- market share of the air yards. Those are important numbers as far as rookies are concerned. People need to remember, rookies just don't magically break out every year like they are right now. Like, we've been, we've been spoiled. There are rookies that take time to develop. Rager's, what, 21 years old, be turning 22? I still like Rager. He's shown flashes. People, I think he's still a value to be had right now, especially with all the turmoil that's in Philly right now. Love it. All right. Round two, pick seven. Todd? Who is it? So this next pick for me is not my top-ranked guy. I think my next top-ranked guy, I'm going to play a little, uh, we'll roll the dice, and I don't think you guys are going to take him. And I'm going to take him at uh, 210, and I'll let you know if that happens. So at 207, I'm going to take Michael Pittman. Uh, Michael Pittman has had some good games. He's had some decent volume at times. He, it's been modest, I would say. But with that team build, with Hilton kind of fading out, uh, they're probably going to move to get another QB at some point. Pittman has an opportunity ahead of him to be the guy right now. So at the 207, to possibly have the wide receiver two, I mean, uh, the wide one on the team, I like it. You know, and I'm going to I'm going to invest that there. And I think that future opportunity is still there for him. And yeah, so Michael Pittman, 207. That's a good pick right there. I think that's probably about where he was going in his actual rookie drafts too, right around that right around that area. He did have he had two hot weeks, pretty good stretch against Baltimore, against Tennessee, against Green Bay. Um, You know, those are by no means slouch defenses against the past. Tennessee has been horrible against the past, but Green Bay has been pretty good. Baltimore's a top 10 against the pass, and he's... Is, is Green Bay a good passing defense? Yes, they're very good. They're they're very good? Yeah. Who do they play next week? I don't know, Todd. Who do they play? They play the they Titans? Play? They, they play the Titans? Oh. <laughs> oh. Who are the wide receivers on the Titans? Oh. Corey Davis, dude. Good luck. Yeah. I will say, too, Sean, I'm just ignoring this, uh, this trollish behavior, and... Pittman had actually a five-game stretch where he had averaged 6.4 targets per game there, for uh, which was pretty impressive. He showed the flashes that you were talking about. I actually have three wide receivers still ahead of him, but I still like Pittman. Actually, Todd, this is Todd's pick, but I, I like Pittman. It, there, it, he's in a spot where there's a lot of good wide receivers left on the board. Yeah, I think Pitt, Pittman's shown he can get open in space, too. You know, he can find those seams right behind the linebackers. You can put that post-catch work. And I like him. I, I just like him. I like him more than I did going into the draft. So t- I like this pick. Tom. Yeah. And I think, you know, even if Hilton goes, he's a solid wide two on that team. Right. He's not even my favorite wide receiver that's left here. It's more about opportunity. That's what it is. I see the better chance of volume here. That's that's why I made the pick. All right. David. I'm going Mims next. Ooh, that's a plot twist. Mims is, you guys know that I'm a sucker for all these advanced stuff. He's third in the class in target share. He's first in area's market share. Second in Whopper. Fifth, fifth in scrim yards per play. It, it, he, everything that I care about, Mims is doing a very good job, except he's not doing a very good job in points per game, which is, is important. Uh, Tars per game, and it's because the Jets stink. We thought the, the idea was that Mims would be paired with Lawrence next year, and oh my gosh, but people I think are still hating on Fields a little bit too much. The idea of him with Fields or another quarterback from this class is still exciting. 
I, I think things, once the Succubus leaves, are only getting better. And when there's more volume in this offense. So, yeah, Mims here. Yeah. I mean, the, the Jets are just poopy this year. That's it. There's really nothing else to say about it. And I think if you drafted Mims originally, and here we are drafting him now in our redraft, you're not really buying in for this year because everybody knew this year would be a crapshoot between COVID, Gase, Darnold, the ghost man, and just the Jets in general. Expectations weren't exceedingly high for him this year, right? I think everybody knew, like, we're in for year two. We're in the rebuild. Once they get rid of the succubus, maybe they get rid of the GM, but I think he's only been there for a year or two. You know, they they got all that left bell money back next year. There's a lot this team can do. And I think if Mims is a cornerstone piece there, you keep Crowder underneath and he's opening things up and Mims is going deep and he's running more complex routes. He could be great with a better quarterback. Listen, the Jets are still going to suck. They're going to screw this up. They always do. They're going to bring in a terrible coach. They're going to make a terrible decision. But I like the pick. I like Mims. I think the upside's there. I, I liked Mims pre-draft, then he became a Jet, and I hated him. But, yeah, let's stop talking about the Jets optimistically just because they're going to lose the worst coach in the NFL, which is optimistic, but they're still going to suck. Yeah. I mean, there's only so much you can do when your owner is under investigation by the European Union, right? I mean, there you go. I wasn't even going that deep, but that's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right, you want to do your right. 209, dude? Round two, pick nine. I am up, and I did not expect this person to be here. I had something else loaded and ready to go. So I am going to go with LaVisca Chenault, who, for the Jags this year, he's been he's been pretty good. He's hit, had some hot weeks early on. He dealt with a little injury here and there. I mean, he's somebody, you had those concerns coming in, but when he's on the field, he's been solid. He's averaging, he's getting a ton of targets, and I feel like, the production isn't predominantly there. It's not high. He's only got 484 yards and two touchdowns. This is a team that sucks. So you're talking about this guy who's got a ton of talent. He's been averaging for this team probably about six targets a game as a rookie. And they're bringing in Trevor Lawrence next year. Unless they find some phenomenal way to screw up this amazing Christmas gift that the succubus just handed them. So I think at, at 210 or 29. 209 here, Chenault next year, potentially the wide receiver one with Trevor Lawrence. How can you go wrong? Thoughts, gentlemen? I mean, with him as a potential wide receiver one, I I would say that's probably still Chark, but it's in the realm of possibilities. I like the, I, I love Chenault, dude. I think that pre-draft, I was probably the biggest Chenault guy here because I said, I but I also wasn't confident with his, he doesn't need to prove he was healthy, dude. The guy's an absolute freaking cannonball once he gets the ball in his hand. I love this pick. He's he's in a situation that's trending up, so you can't be mad about that. Um, freak, freak, freaking athlete, and he's just built like a freaking stallion, dude. So, yeah, love the pick. Love it. I love it as well. He was my next available player. He's go, He's going to, like you said, QB bump, hopefully a coaching bump. There's been some rumors that Doug Marone might be kept. Oh. I despise that idea. With Lawrence coming in, that's terrible. How could you not want somebody more inspired? Doug Marone is just mediocrity. I I don't get it, and that I don't understand. Like, and look, I don't want anyone to lose their job. You know, all that you know that that asterisk stuff next to it. But they're using Chanel out of the Wildcat. I saw someone posts on Twitter about how why aren't they using Chanel more like like Bobby Woods? That like have him use him that way instead of when you running out of the out of the out of the wildcat just limits his upside and he's still getting five yards of carry that way. He should be being used a lot more creatively than just the wildcat. Oh, the wildcat. So yeah, he's a playmaker. I love this pick, Sean. All right, Todd round two, pick 10. All right. So this is the guy that I wanted to take at two Oh seven, though. There's no reason that I need to take him at two Oh seven. Cause nobody else would take him at two Oh seven. So I waited and I bet you a lot of people wouldn't take him at two ten. It's Zach Moss. Um, Ooh. So this is my gut check play. Um, I think he's had an up and down year. You've seen some flashes. He's a guy who's definitely capable of running between the tackles. He's a guy that definitely could be a three down back. Um, yeah, I, I just, from what I've seen from Zach Moss, I've liked the flashes, man. And he's in a good situation. Yeah, he's in a split backfield. But I also don't really believe in Devin Singletary, like holding on to that job for dear life. And I don't really see why they'd be investing in a running back right now with those two guys right there without having to spend a lot of money. So, yeah, I think in year two, Zach Moss in the realm of possibility being the running back one there. And 
being in the top 15 running back conversation next year. I could see that wow. happening. Um, top 15? If he gets the volume. It's all about getting the volume. He If he gets over uh, Singletary, I could see that being a possibility. You know what so I mean? He's had he's had three games over fifty yards this year. Yep. He's had yep, I know. three games uh, over ten attempts, three touchdowns. I mean the, the potential's there, right? Singletary cannot Singletary cannot run on the ground. Right. I mean, if you look at it like he's had three games of double digit carries, right? So if you're looking at him getting consistently twelve to thirteen carries a game, that's a huge difference. You know what I mean? But also, like, I could see that being bigger than that. So I believe in Zach Moss being an every down back in the NFL. I just do. This, there's literally nothing he's done this year to defend that other than this is an absolute gut check pick. And that's why I didn't take him at 207, because I know there's nothing to justify taking him there. So I was like, I'm pretty sure he'll make it back to me at 210. Do you worry about Josh Allen soaking up red zone opportunities on the ground? No, I don't. I don't worry about that stuff at all. Um, I think once you start playing that game, you're starting to overanalyze a little bit, I think. Um, you have to put it as like a realm of possibility in like where the ceiling is, but I'm not going to make me shy away from him. Does that make sense? What about his lack of receiving work and Singletary that dominating very, the receiving work? That is what concerns me more than anything. Okay. And But... At the two ten pick, right? Yeah, you, you, and being you, my you know what you're check. buying at two ten, right? So this is like the pick where I'm saying to myself, I I still believe in like what my eye saw. This is still like so when I make fun of Dave about being stubborn, this is me being stubborn. But I'm also being stubborn at like the end of the second round. You know what I mean? I'm I'm fine with that. Have at it. All right, David. It's just been interesting too, like how they've used because I've been like following a lot for DLF the the running back my running back opportunity share report. They've it's been clear. When they've actually needed a running back on the ground, Zach Moss has been that who they've been going to. In games where they need a, a pass catcher, they've been going to Devin Singletary. It's been a pretty clear split. So it, it, I, I don't see that changing. But but the thing is, how coaches use running backs is very fickle. So I could under, it, it, the thing with Todd is saying, it could happen, easily happen. It's not like this role is going to stay the same forever. So I, I don't mind what Todd's saying here. So I, it's hard to hate him at this point. And the other thing, too, is that, like, there's still work there. You know what I mean? It's not like he hasn't been used, you know? Like, he hasn't been utilized significantly. You know what I mean? But there's usage there. So you're looking for an increase, not like him to come out of nowhere, you know? So, yeah, I... Oh, man, I wish this was real. I'd be so excited right now. (laughs) (laughs) I think this just tells you we're at, like, two... Todd just took 210 now. I'm not as high on Zach Moss, but there's players that I still like. I'm still loving almost all these players have been picked so far. They're all valuable. Yeah. All valuable dynasty I'd be, assets. I'd be happy with any of these. It's been pretty exciting. All right, so, Dave. Uh, round two, pick 11. This is, I feel a little, I'm actually kind of surprised I'm saying this over a couple other players, but I'm going Darnell Mooney. Uh, Ooh, wide receiver for Chicago. Before you go any further. Todd has him on his roster. I know that. Yes. That's what he was going to say, but yes, okay. it's true. <laughs> um, and he was, I picked him up post-draft that oh. week. Dave, um, he didn't need that. You didn't have to give that to him. <laughs> he totally gave I, it to me. So yeah, I going to go it. here. Hey, so, I did point him out in our in the offseason. He was a guy that I flagged that as a guy that people should watch out for. So my point being is that this was like my, I'm okay if somebody takes Moss, I'll get this guy. That's what I was saying. Like, like he was like my, okay, it'd be okay, i get Mooney. So that's just a great pick. I like this pick. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Todd said something nice. Okay. All right. What are you, are you a Derek, Corey Davis comment? You're going to say, Todd? Corey Davis now? sucks. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Now, all right. Now, now moving on. Mooney, what's interesting is Alan Robinson could be gone next year. They really want, he's got a 15% target share, Mooney does, but it feels, I just like the way they're using him, it feels like they really want to feature him. And for a fifth round rookie to come in and being played over, Who's your boy that you you love yeah, there? Yeah, Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller. It, it, to see him just to do that as a fifth round pick. I know he. I think he tra- didn't he transfer from like Miami or something like that. I, I forget now. But it, just how he is as a player, it's exciting to see what Mooney's doing, and he could just have this. He could have just volume for days next season. But uh, hopefully they they hopefully they get a new QB, QB in in Chicago too. But that's easier said than done with the QB situation right now. 
Yeah, man. I mean, that's the big problem with Mooney. It's just more about that that QB situation is just an absolute dumpster fire. But he's been fantastic, man. I mean... All right. Well, on that note, rolling into the last pick here, myself at the 212, I had... I have five names, four names, left on my list of guys who I thought would already be gone. And I'm having a little consternation over which one, but I think I'm going with Cole Komet. Tight end, Chicago Bears. Seriously? He's, yeah. He's been coming on the last couple of weeks. 80% target share or, mark, or 80% snap share or something like that? Yeah. Seven targets in weeks 13 and 14. I mean, last week was a dog week, two, only two targets, two receptions. Um, but this is an offense that's kind of turning the corner a little bit. You know, Matt Nagy's looking like he's starting to figure his shit out, which has only taken forever. But like Dave said with Mooney, they could be in for a quarterback upgrade. Allen Robinson could be out the door. Jimmy Graham, they've been moving away from. And fun fact about Jimmy Graham, he makes $7 million next year, and they can cut him for 40% of that. So I can't wow. imagine that they're about to drop $7 million on, what, 33-year-old Jimmy Graham, I think he is? 34, excuse me. So it'll be 35 next year. I don't think they're spending $7 million on him. Nah, he's a rental, dude. Yeah. Absolute and, this, you know, Matt Nagy's always had proficient tight ends in his offenses. I think he's looking for somebody. They took Komet, I think, in the third round this year. I think this is somebody who can see. Actually, you know what? Second I, round. I, I, yeah, I was going to say. I think he was the second. Second round. This is yeah. not somebody they took to just let roast on the fire in the background. We know that tight ends take a little bit to catch on. I mean, what do they say? Usually three years. You know, you extrapolate that for COVID and this crapshoot of a 2020 we're having. Who knows what that means? Choose but this is somebody two, who in the last four weeks of the season we're seeing come on. I think this could be a solid investment because really this is this is more a reflection of the middle round tight ends, you know, that we talked about when we were doing our redraft specials, it's just, it's such a crapshoot that what happens is, is that you you have your stalwarts, you know, you have Darren Waller, you have Travis Kelsey, you have George Kittle, you have Mark Andrews, but that like tight end five through tight end 10 range can be anybody. And I think with the volume that's gone to the tight ends that we saw Jimmy Graham getting early in the year for the Bears, especially if Allen Robinson is gone, Anthony Miller, as much as it breaks my heart to say, sucks. They've got Mooney. They'll obviously have to bring in other people, but there's no reason why Komet can't carve something out, especially as just a red zone target. So I think he can be a great tight end option moving forward. And with the last pick in the second round, what the hell do I have to lose? I like it because he was better than Chase Claypool in college at the same college. So I like it. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's not. Wow. That's, really? That's, that's, not, that's, picks here, that, that's not true at all. Chase Claypool was better <laughs> in that year, but still, it's not too good. <laughs> Kenny, I got a question. You said you had five guys on on your list, right? Four. Yeah, Mooney was the fifth, and I, I forgot to cross him off. Okay. So four other ones. The other three are all wide receivers, correct? One's kind of a hybrid, but yeah. Okay, got it. Interesting. I mean, I don't dislike the pick. He wasn't on my list for... I mean, we were only doing the first two rounds. I, I'm not saying he's a bad pick. It's a good pick. I like it. I was just shocked. Like, no one took Henry Ruggs. He, w- he was the other one that I, like, no reluctantly one put on Ruggs. Him. I would have definitely taken Henry Ruggs on the last two picks. Absolutely. I, I Over Mooney? I, yes. I, I should have taken Henry Ruggs. I just think that it's just... I would have taken Ruggs over Mooney, but I would have taken Komet over both. Yeah. I should have, ta- I should have taken Ruggs over Moss, but I don't care. But my point being is that, like, yeah, I get it, but the athleticism's there. He's The capital's there. You still got to give him one more year. But, yeah, it's crazy. No one You just don't know Ruggs. how to use him. That's, I just don't know how to use but it. But it's been a year, dude. Like, a second year, like, it could be a totally different story. Like, it's crazy. Who do crazy. you think that's more on than not being able to use him? Is that... The coach! Is it is it Gruden not putting him in the positions? Is it Carr not being able to find him? Is it Ruggs not getting open? Like, what what is it? I think it's not playing Mariota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree with Dave. I Mariota in so many places. Uh, but yeah no i i don't know man i mean at the same time like i it's probably elements of all but yeah i mean when rux is the first wide receiver taken we all agreed it was a mistake you know i thought I mean? it was bananas yeah we all thought it was a mistake but at the same time is i mean the athletes i mean you saw the dunks dude did you see that dunk reel it was phenomenal but nelson uh, aguilar is out producing him right but my point being is that like it still is rookie year it's still a team that's 
kind of figuring it out to a certain degree. So you you know that the potential is there. It's crazy. It's crazy. I can't believe you didn't take rugs, neither of you. But I I, I thought I, about I, it. I mean, I took Zach Moss, so I can't say much, you know? I thought about it, but I, I, honestly, I was like, you know what? I like Mooney. I think I, I just like him. And, and I'd rather, I if I had rugs, it would be just to hold on to him to trade him once he had a value spike. I don't want, uh, I don't believe in him anymore. But I, I actually really Okay, so him. let's think of it this way. So would Mooney have a value spike that you could trade him later? But rugs would. So I don't know. Makes sense. Yeah. I, I'm sad. I just want to quickly, who I'm sad I didn't get to pick. I'm sad I didn't get to pick Ruggs, actually. I'm sad I didn't. Gabriel Davis, future yep. wide receiver two in Buffalo. He was one Josh of my Allen. ones. Yep. Yep. Uh, KJ Hamler has actually yep. been decent. You say one more name, then you have everybody I just wrote down. And then I actually have three more. Brian Edwards. That was my last been, one. <laughs> yeah, Brian Edwards. Yep. Salvan Ahmed has been very impressive. Very impressive yeah, yeah, what yeah. he's been doing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. A- and then also the last one that Sean was talking about, Lynn Bowden. He, yeah. I think he, he was, yeah. was the last yeah, one yeah, on my yeah. list there. I love Lynn Bowden. Th- those are all players that I'm really excited about. It, th- this class, we've been spoiled. Yeah. 2020 has been time. amazing. I mean, that third round, you actually have guys that could start if you're, well, if you run a legit league and you have deeper starters. Um, yeah, you guys that could be starters. That's crazy. That's crazy, dude. But anyways, gentlemen, this was fun, man. This was fun. More ban- more talk. I like how we got di- got into it a little bit more than last week with round one. This was I had a good time. Yeah, we missed Sean. That's what phenomenal. The was. Phenomenal to be back. Uh, Kennedy, can they find you anywhere? Or are you officially off the grid? I mean, I feel like I'm. They can find you in. They can find you in the, the woods grid, in New Hampshire, like, right? They can find you in the White Mountains. I mean, that's basically all New Hampshire is anyway. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's all anybody knows about it, <laughs> except for every four years when it pops up as a primary and everybody goes, oh, yeah, that's a state. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, Dave, they can find you places. You can find me at DLF, at FF underscore Spaceman on Twitter. Check out my pinned tweet. It's a link to my college prospect database, my my seasonal database, a lot of fun stuff there in all my articles. Uh, and also, I've been making some guest appearances on the Rookie Fever podcast. I am been elevated. I'm no longer a friend of the show. I am like the third wheel now. Uh, like it's been it's been good to hang out with uh, Swags and Fenero over there. I'm loving talking rookies, it, guys. Life is good. I'm loving fantasy football. I am so excited for this off season. So many fun projects planned. Stay tuned. A lot of good things ahead from the spaceman. I want to point out that I listened to your last appearance on the Rookie Fever, and you were talking up James Robinson a lot, but yet telling me how I overspent on my pick for him. So that was it. Yes, I like how you par- misparaphrase what I said. Thank you. Yeah, no, it was pretty. Anyways, um, I'm I'm at ff underscore banterman. I'm now writing for the IDP guys. Same network, different website. Uh, I am pretty much doing mostly Debbie content, which I'm super excited about. Where uh, my buddy Kevin uh, at the boys underscore twenty two. Uh, if you don't follow him, you should be. I'm going to be on Hammercast next week, which I thought I was going to be on yesterday, but apparently I can't read dates. And we're going to be talking about the uh, the playoff matchups and the guys that are going to be rookies coming in, the guys that are coming back. I'm super excited to do some Devi banter because these guys refuse. But um, yeah, so I'm also going to be start writing for the IDP guys uh, rookie uh, guide magazine, which I'm super excited about. Last episode was absolutely amazing. Last episode, last magazine was absolutely amazing. So I'm super excited to get going with that. Yeah, I, I'm super excited for the off season too, man. I mean, that's the off season is truly where I have the most fun with fantasy football. Truly is, gentlemen. It was a good time, guys. I I think we're are we ready to start going once a week again? Ooh, that's that sounds salty. I like I'm, it. I'm ready. Like I'm it. in the off season mode. I'm ready. I've been doing that stay at home dad life, and this is. Like revitalizing. Yeah. Actually speaking in complete sentences. All right. Let's 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 do once a week, man. I'll do once a week. I'm let's in. go. We're we're bringing it for the listeners at Tale to Rivals. Thank you everybody for listening to us this year. We're still we're gonna have one more show before the new year. Absolutely. But I just want to say wish everyone who celebrates Christmas a Merry Christmas and everyone else, whatever you celebrate, I hope you have a wonderful time with your family and your loved ones. And that's really important because 2020 has been a crazy year. Thank you for spending it with us. Just honestly, it's been a pleasure to, to to co-host with Sean and Todd this year. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a great time. Good luck in the playoffs, everybody.
Dave, your What's ru- up? your rookie fever take on James Robinson was like you pretty much put him up as like a top five running back, and then yeah, I have and then, and then I have five and you told me I was overspending in our last draft. Well, I have I have the wide receivers over him. That's all. That's crazy, Dave. That's crazy. For somebody who talks about roster scarcity, like, wait, where's your consistency, bro? Like, where's the line? Where's there's the line, There's a nuance David? to everything, Todd. There's oh, a nuance, nuance to everything. It, it, once you see the rookie wide receivers everything. hit, then you invest. Oh, my God. Terrible, David. It was terrible. Terrible. So I'll trade James Robinson for a rookie wide receiver now. Cool. Do I have you trade him for Henry Ruggs? Yeah. Do you want, do you want Mooney? No. <laughs> <laughs> I got Mooney. I'll trade you Mooney for Robinson straight up. I have I said this I have seven rookie twenty two or twenty twenty wide receiver or sorry, seven